0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Spin Class. We're talking politics. Your hosts, Michael Fragan and Bruce Backman, here on the Nahum Siegel Network. NahumSiegel.com. And a momentous week in the political (coughs) world, it has been. Uh, Hopefully that is not the uh, COVID-19 going on in the background there. No, it's not. Uh, Okay. Thank God for that. Uh, We might get to that later in the show. We'll uh, talk about government response. The big topics this week, huge topics, is the Settling, I guess the settling, the incredible comeback of one Joseph R. Biden, uh, a I think political comeback that pretty much within a seventy-two hour period that I have never seen, um, and the politics may have never seen. The other one, obviously, is the continued political endurance of Bibi Netanyahu and uh, the right in Israel, um, and uh, the Likud Party once again becoming in a third election within a year. Uh, is becoming uh, once again leading with uh, the, the right is once again leading although we might be headed for a fourth election and then of course we got other stories like uh, coronavirus and uh, Senator Schumer attacking Supreme Court justices by name and all kinds of uh, other political uh, uh, fanfare um, you know the now the big question out there uh, politi- uh, in the presidential race is, where does Elizabeth Warren go? Does she drop out? Does she endorse Joe Biden? Or does she endorse Bernie Sanders, uh, who she doesn't seem to like very much? Um, but, oh, and of course, obviously the big APAC conference in D.C. Uh, that happened this past uh, this past week. Uh, CPAC was as well. You went to them? I was at APAC, yeah. CPAC too? CPAC too? No, nah, I was not at CPAC. I used to go to CPAC. Um, it became... Um, it became a, it was very interesting for quite a few years, but uh, it's become a little bit of a. Uh, it, it's been a, it's a little too fringy. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, it's entertaining, but it's it's a little it's a we, we, we can get that we can take that off topic. But I want to talk, we got to talk about the Israeli elections because the Israeli elections are quite remarkable, I think, from a, from a number of perspectives, uh, especially the fact that three elections inside of a year, Bruce. Mm-hmm. And yet the Israeli public continues to turn out, and in some cases to large numbers. But the Arab population uh, mm-hmm. has, after really sitting the first one out mm-hmm. uh, back in April of, uh, of 19, and increasing their participation a little bit in September of 19, <laughs> has really come back and, uh, and you know, they were almost up to 16 seats uh, in, the, in this uh, new Knesset. Um, but as it stands now, Just Mm -hmm. to give it to you, and I'll throw it over your way. Likud, 36 seats. Mm -hmm. Kachov-Lavan, 33. The Joint List, 15. Mm -hmm. Shas, 9. Lieberman, 7. Labor, Gesher Meretz, 7. That's the Israeli left, 7 seats. I mean, incredible to think about that Labor used to actually have an absolute majority of the Knesset. Uh, UTJ, which is the Gimel Party, United Torah Judaism, seven, and Yamina six. Nobody else made it into the Knesset. Actually, if nobody other party was even. Yotsma Yehudit. Yehudit got, I think, twenty thousand votes. I got less than a single, less than a that, less than one mandate, and you would really need four in order to get in to Correct. break the threshold. Over to you, my friend. Um, I mean, I think that Bibi
1: Netanyahu is continues to be the greatest political politician on the face of the earth. Um, I have no doubts that. At some point and sometime soon, the Bibi
0: Netanyahu will be the prime minister again for a long period of time. Assuming uh, it's legal because they're going to be voting on that he's soon. He's not going to jail for this. Well, I no, no, no. I said it, but assuming it's legal because he's under indictment that he can serve. there. They've yet to, they've yet to, to rule they've had on Netanyahu, that issue.
1: But, you know, you want to talk about the Israeli election and you want to talk about blue and white and how they're very close. It's really not close at all. The reality on the ground in Israel is today that support the the only reason that the left fell down is because the left became honestly soft on Arabs, soft on Palestinians, and soft on security. And and the Israelis live day to day under the threat of possible terrorist attacks and a very dangerous neighborhood till today with Hamas, Hezbollah, and Syria and Iran and a bunch of other things. And you know, it's the nobody is ready to trust the left with anything there's if you take the arab parties out of it there is a strong majority that favors right-wing government in the country of jewish people um it's not even close um you know the outside of the some quarters in tel aviv and some of the fancy neighborhoods you know let's say the equivalent of the limousine liberal crowd that you'd have in the united states there's really no support for them not adequate support that they could honestly ever claim a mandate um, of Jewish people in Israel, and that's why Bibi will continue to run the country. He's a few seats short now. He'll probably try to make a deal, whether he will or he won't. And you have to realize, Lieberman's not really a lefty himself, right? And he's part on the other side. Yeah. And there's many members of well, there are who aren't lefties. Exactly. I mean, there really isn't. No, there, a... there actually couldn't. The so... left, the left is pretty much dead in Israel. Well, well it's
0: dead. Well, Kahol is not a left party. I know correct. the idea. I know the idea that he want to put if you want. No, to... there's anti-Bibi and there's left. That's But the correct.
1: reality is that there's not. A left, left in Israel. That, well, left that, that's is what I was,
0: That's what I was pointing out. Labor, Gashar Meretz. Which is the United Left, which but they had to unite in order to not started, get shut out. It
1: started when they when they got soft on on terrorism and Arabs and Palestinians. That's Absolutely. when everything fell apart. So I because get, I, people I, trusted Labor. Labor were the founders of the country, the forefathers of the state, the modern state of Israel. For the most part, were Labor people. I mean, it took nine elections till Menachem Begin won in, 19, in the late seventies. You know, And they've fallen apart because, unfortunately, from the
0: viewpoint of most Israelis, they deserved it. Well, I think there's an economic aspect to it as well. Um, I think that a couple observations. There are supports from the richest people. Well, no, no, but I, I, there's an economic aspect to Bibi's success. I think there are a lot of Israelis the people who, who, say, are, who say to themselves that they have prospered under a Likud government. There are,
1: but there's a catch. The people who are voting for Bibi are not the people who prospered most under Bibi. The people who are voting against right, Bibi are the many, ones who have. C- many Everybody a- knows that the center of Tel Aviv today is living a European or quasi-American lifestyle. And people in places like – I heard what's his – the uh, recent – the editor of the Jerusalem Post was at the Young Israel of Lawrence Cedarhurst two weeks ago. And he spoke and he says, afuch me afuch. It's in, everything. It's inside out because the people who really do best under Bibi don't vote for him. And the people who really haven't really seen much improvement in the day-to-day lives are his biggest supporters. He says, "There's a, Tel Aviv today is akin to the most exclusive and high-end European. Yeah, and American it's extraordinarily campus.
0: expensive to live in, and yes, there is a lot of income inequality. But I think there are places like the South, which are now on the upswing. Places like Beersheba and Kerry Gat. It's true, the, right? And those are places actually done. But there, with Bibi, for other reasons, it's cultural. Uh, it's there's a cultural. There's a, there's a cultural it's really
1: a Beitar. It's really a Beitar
0: versus Maccabi Tel Aviv mentality. That I think." I think that's an excellent parallel uh right there uh excellent I have three takeaways I wanted to I wanted to get number one um huge turnout from the Arab sector. And the ultra-Orthodox. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think overall Shas' resilience is is remarkable. At one point, it was looked like Shas might get 10 seats. They are, mm-hmm. They're well at over 9. And there. this number actually is, could settle a little bit because it's vote-sharing agreements and the very complicated formulas as to how the extra votes are split up apportions. Uh it, It's a three-step process about extra votes, meaning everybody, every vote on top of uh, on top of the mandate. So that could settle. Remember, uh, on election night, people thought that the right, which is now essentially down to 58, was actually going to have 60 or 61, and things have, have settled. Um, the But a couple of things. The Arab sector, and part of that, I think, was because... There were, in the peace plan, there were, and I think we mentioned, I mentioned this a couple shows back, in the peace plan, there was, there is this proposal that certain towns and cities, uh, particularly in the Triangle and the Galil, were going to be transferred into a future Palestinian state. And many Israeli Arabs don't want that. They don't want the lower standard of living and the less freedom that goes along with that. And so there is certainly that element uh, of it that has increased. Maybe maybe turnout. They should, maybe some of even, them should have joined the could. But even though even though I, mean, I come on you look no, no but you look and you can look Can't muni- have your cake and eat it You too. can look by municipality by muni- by municipality. Even with the increased turnout, many of these sectors are in the fifty to sixty percent turnout range the average i think overall was close to was was uh, 68% countrywide mm-hmm. of people who could vote uh, you saw a lot of arab places at 50 to 60% you saw Haredi areas Haredi cities like uh, Modi and elite which is Kiryat safer or Beitar, betari elite some of these places 80 85% uh, voter participation. And in Tel Aviv, you actually saw uh, in the 50s, in the high 50s in the in that area, uh, places like um, you know some of the Tel Aviv suburbs also very, very low turnout. So you see, as opposed to I think last time around, which was the September election, mm-hmm. it's estimated that on the right, about 300,000 voters potentially stayed home who were potential mm-hmm. Likud voters. That's what Likud was saying. Uh, and now it seems that a lot of voters on the left, and part of that, I think my, my point here, is that Three times around, I think people are just done with Benny Gantz as the leader of the opposition. I think the idea that you have this uh, guy who was unsuccessful twice, Israelis don't like. I agree with They that. don't like that unsuccessful. I agree. That's what I remember. Shimon Peres hung around forever and never was able to get Israel elected. Israel has
1: a tendency of recycling its leaders. Right, recycling
0: its leaders. But this guy didn't win, and he couldn't win, and they don't like that.
1: They want a guy. Well, I mean,
0: he would argue that... They want a guy who's a winner. I mean, the,
1: the truth of the matter is is that they can have this election 20 times. Unless if they want to have Arabs in the government,
0: an Arab government, they're never going to make the, the worst thing. There's ha- no votes for it. The this. worst thing that happened to Gantz... There's never been something so absurd in my life. There really is no support for this. The worst thing that happened to Benny Gantz was the first election back in April. You, we all remember mm-hmm. that they announced him as the winner. All the newspapers... This is the Dewey Truman moment. Mm-hmm. All the newspapers had him as the winner. Everybody went to sleep thinking... Ben Gans was going to be the new prime minister, and then all of a sudden the exit polls were all wrong. Every everybody did it based well, on the, the exit. Everybody did it based on the exit polls, and in the morning everybody woke up, and guess what? The uh Gantz was no longer on top, and I think that has just tarnished him going forward. Well, Plus the pr- fact he's running in a party that is a three-headed or four-headed monster, which is which really has seems to no- have no no agenda to terms with, other with, than they're not the real
1: point of these elections and th- th- i keep on saying this again but it's important to realize there is no support real support for the left in israel the left is dead that benny gantz who quasi represents something leftist is can't even must they're dead it's dead in israel and merits and labor and Gesher all together—they're getting seven seats. It's over. Yeah. Bibi Netanyahu, whether he remains prime minister in perpetuity or he doesn't, he's essentially won the day. He's transformed Israeli politics. You cannot run for office today and not guarantee and promise people the security. You know, it was very interesting that 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 Bibi obviously had to sign off on Benny Gantz coming to the White House last month. It's a sign that listen, so B- it is. was a great. and if he does let him go but he's but long range he's acknowledging that this is the future of israeli politics right. the trump way is the way and the Amer- and he's trying to show that both political parties support it and it was ingenious so merits and they are done israeli's are never going to settle for less than the, than the trump peace plan it's over at least not in this period of time um but in the future, looking out, we'll see if there's going to be another election. I have a feeling that Bibi may be able to find a way and muster together a government. I think that there's going to be a lot of people in the Israeli Knesset who are probably looking to make a deal more now than ever, realizing the likelihood of toppling him is slim. But obviously, with his um, impending legal challenges coming up, we'll see if that has an impl- any implications or ramifications on it.
0: Yeah, it's – it's. I mean, look, it's a mess. I mean, can it happen? Can we get – to I mean really a mess it's overstated The oh. country's functioning day to day most people The don't country's do. functioning day to day three elections decided. side everybody, of
1: Everybody forgets that day to day politics doesn't affect Okay your the
0: republic life. as a country is stable the political system and its inability to find a or to put together a winner You have in, to remember something. No 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 wait 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 just let me finish its inability to get a winner together that the country that can essentially move an agenda forward for the country, that that is that that is that is problematic. That is the definition of you problematic. You have to
1: understand something that that Western democracies there's two real models that countries go by. There's yeah. the English model and there's the American model of governance, and both of those models have built-in levers that were there to essentially guarantee the ability to have governing coalitions. Israel wasn't really done that way, to a certain degree. It's not really a parliamentary democracy like in Canada, where you have ridings and you could lose the popular vote, like. Justin Trudeau just did, but still become prime minister.
0: Well, it's a very small
1: country, Israel. It's n- it's not about the size of it, it's about that Israel went out of its way to be uber democratic in many things. It well, would be to mu- represent every fact. Th- if they really want, it would be much better to have a straight election for who the prime minister is. And who the president is, and let the assembly be, and then and then legislator be elected as it is, and then let like the United States, where you have a checks and balances. Instead, you have this kamikaze style system, which isn't really replicated by anything else in the world, and you get
0: what you get. Well, it used to be even messier because there used to be very few thresholds, so it used to be more parties in there. So I don't think the parties are the issue. I think the, well, I don't think it's a problem with the parties.
1: I think you, the real issue in Israel isn't that the legislators all broken up into pieces and there's now coalitions. I think the real issue is, is that. You need to be able to elect a leader. Let the legislator be the legislature. Let him have to cobble together coalitions every yeah, but, time he has to pass legislation.
0: Each That's better than this. The individual legislators are dependent on the parties and the parties, they're they are elected. The by French party. do it this way. It yeah, works. It, it's working in Israel as well. Well, I'm you talking, say it's not. No, what I'm saying is the inability, it's partly the electorate as well. The electorate is Red very be, is very starkly divided. By the way, just so you And, know. and wait, 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 wait. And you have this phenomenon that you don't have in other countries, that you have the 15 votes of the of the Arab sector that are kind of persona non grata. You, nobody will enter with them into coalition um, for justified reasons. But when you take that out and you still need to get to 61, it becomes very difficult. 100% it's difficult. But you don't have – but at least you know who the head of state is. Right. Well, you, you should – the the truth is it's the problem of not being willing to go into a unity government that rem- that forces the forces this
1: Bibi and Gantz are not stopping unity government. It's Lapid and Shas and UTJ that don't allow the
0: government. And, and, well, and in theory, and you don't need Shas and UTJ and Lieberman if you have if you put Kahova Lavon and Likud together. So it's every if everybody's stopping it. But look, can we be headed for fourth elections? I mean, it certainly seems that I way. Think it'd be I mean, Lieberman t- basically stated that he's going to support uh, a law which is in the Knesset, which seems to have a very good chance of of, of uh-huh. passing. That will restrict anybody under indictment from becoming the prime minister. It's amazing that someone like him, as crooked and as filthy as anybody, uh, is passing such a law. I was. I mean, in most countries, he'd be behind bars. I was essentially. Well, it's a very, a very, very strong for good point. reason. A very, very strong point on that on that matter. Victor so, Lieberman. Come so, on. So, we, so we will we will see what happens. We got to pivot. That's now. like
1: that's like hiring the, the we gotta, to watch the bank. We got to
0: pivot to Super Tuesday now. We're we're halfway done. This is Spin Class here on the Knockham Segal Network. Michael Fragan, Bruce Backman. and uh, back. Back to this side of the pond, uh, the incredible. I mean, you have to give him credit, uh, Bruce, and the the circumstances. Even though uh, he might not be our preferred uh, our preferred candidate for president, Joe Biden left for dead, roadkill, essentially was, a week ago. I want to say was, something. He was yo, he was ill. He was gone. Say and wait, and one man, one man, Jim Clyburn. Uh-huh. I mean, it, incredible. I talked about it last week. You 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 had the week off. Jim Clyburn basically took this guy and gave him a blowout victory in South Carolina. I know we, we talk endorsements. They're really not worth that much. This one was clearly worth something. And then on top of that, with no money, no advertising, um, it wasn't a sweep of Super Tuesday, but it was a very, very convincing victory.
1: No, and- it was. But you have to remember something. And people have to take this step back. And I wasn't on the show last week, but I was on the phone with friends of mine. And I kept on watching the polls in South Carolina. And I just made this argument, which I think a lot of people in the media, I think people genuinely thought that Bernie Sanders was going to either come very close to Biden or was going to win South Carolina, because there was some polling at some point that showed that there was movement. And then well, I noticed, Tom Steyer I embrace. noticed, Tom Steyer Jim, was supposed to be Jim Clyburn. Forget after the debate, that that debate, everybody talks about Jim Clyburn. I'm going to throw something else out there. Joe Biden had his best debate he's had since running for president that
0: last tuesday night yeah because all the fire went Michael it Burke. wasn't just that
1: joe <laughs> biden had a few moments Sanders. there he had a few i mean lack of a better word he had some reagan-esque moments where he was firm seemed committed seemed like he was in control and I think it reassured a South Carolina African American population base that he, after Jim Clyburn's endorsement that he was okay still to vote. Yeah, for. that he could be the he guy. He wasn't senile Agreed. that night. Agreed. And and I think that everybody took the second look. Everybody's in South Carolina was always going to vote for Biden. And I noticed the next morning, and I said to people, whoever is listening, that if Biden wins big on on Saturday night, big, he can't just win by us here. If he wins big on Saturday night, it's going to change everything. Obviously, it's going to change everything because he's going right into Super Tuesday and you'll start seeing movement to other places. Now, did I think that there would be the movement that Bernie Sanders was going to lose Texas? No. Did I think Bernie Sanders was going to lose Massachusetts? No. Did I think he was going to lose Maine? No. I thought it would be a lot closer. I thought Biden would have pulled, you know, he would have won enough votes right, you would have to, thought- make, to, to make it a race. I never thought that we'd be sitting this morning and saying that it's game over. But you also have to remember, Buttigieg gets out, that has an impact. Sure. Klobuchar essentially hands in Minnesota. Elizabeth Warren is just being Elizabeth Warren, and she's not leaving in in Massachusetts, which essentially denies Bernie Sanders wins in Massachusetts, Maine, and, and those states. And then you come to the thing, and Biden, it was a perfect storm for him. The problem Biden has, and it's a real problem, and I don't like using this term because I love my grandparents, he has a geezer problem. I'm calling it the geezer problem. Uh, Bernie Sanders doesn't have a geezer no. problem? <laughs> Bernie Sanders, when he's on the stump, is not sluggish. He's not slow. He's fast. He's Trump. He's almost like Trump. He defies his age in some respects. No, Trump has a lot of energy for somebody his age. I agree. Joe Biden, that flub the other night where he mistook his wife for his sister... That's not going to be the last time, and it's going to. Well, he wasn't tr- looking at them, granted. It's I mean, not time- about that. He had just. I saw the whole video. He just walked onto the stage. They never moved.
0: I. It's yeah. Look, I I watched it too. It's it, not that. It it's it, a
1: speech he gave in South Carolina last week where he asked for everybody's
0: vote for the Senate. I know. Okay. It's a speech
1: where he talked about hundreds of millions more yes, people dying but of diseases. He, he's than always been, he's been he's it's gaff prone. He's a gaff prone. He's gaff. He about was. That. He
0: was. Joe Biden. He's, Joe Biden was gaff prone. 30 years ago, 30 plus years ago, when he ran for the first time for president in 1988. I think
1: Joe Biden, I think that there are Democrats quietly in many circles who really are complacent on the fact that they don't think they can beat Trump right now, and they're scared about down-ballot losses. And I think that they're going with Biden, and they're hoping he can win, but they know that Joe Biden's not going to hurt them down-ballot, and they still have a chance to win the Senate and keep the House. That's for sure. I do not believe that Joe Biden is the best you can put up against Donald Trump. He's a 70-year-old, 8 year old man who is a very nice man and a very decent man. He's, he
0: has scandals. He's going to have to deal with his son at some point. But you don't like Mike Bloomberg either. No, I you, don't. You, don't li- you didn't like Elizabeth Warren I told Warren you, if either. I was running a Democratic Party, Hillary Clinton would have been running. I understand because you. Because I think Hillary Clinton would you, have won. So you don't like Mike Bloomberg. And I'm not
1: the only one who thinks that. There's I, a lot
0: of people who say that uh,
1: regularly. Not too many. James Carville was okay. This, I,
0: James Carville worked for her. It's not about that. <laughs> he was being paid to say that. If that. you watch
1: Hillary on television now, the Hillary you're seeing Let's, on TV now, that was just on the yeah, late one of the late shows. Because, this because week. she's
0: not over-programmed,
1: Because she's not Correct. speechified. Okay, but Hillary Clinton 3.0 may have been enough to win. Bruce she, she she didn't had, really lose last time. She had
0: her moment. It's it's she, over. It's over. The dream is over. He hasn't you're, had his moment. He's been n- in office since 1976. Not, you're, you're not. It's over for the Clintons. It's. I it's think it's. I think it's done. I think Democrats. I think Democrats are going to have a Biden issue. Let's talk about the shortcomings of Bernie Sanders, which actually I think are, I don't think Bernie Sanders is cooked yet. I think the well, I'm just going to talk about the shortcomings for a second because when we're talking about you know Bernie Sanders' message and and this whole I think this whole Bernie Sanders presumptive nominee was incredibly overhyped. Obviously that led to the consolidation around Joe Biden, everybody dropping out and in order to beef up the moderate wing but the whole bernie sanders thing i mean he it's not like he was winning with blowout victories he was winning 30 percent. no nevada was a blowout and that's not true nevada's a caucus it's a very okay it's a very a very different type of thing it's a it's a it's a
1: it's a a, a state that hillary clinton won in 2016 it's
0: it's a caucus but but bernie sanders um you know had the tur- talked about. He bringing all these new voters in, and the turnout will be up, and he would bring turnout up. Now, in the states that he won, the turnout was not up; it was actually down. But, but the Super Tuesday states, you take North Carolina and Virginia, okay, that tur- those places. The turnout will actually was up. If you look in Virginia, one point three million people voted, okay, se- versus seven hundred eighty thousand voting in two thousand sixteen. Half of them work for the government. Okay, in Texas, two point one million voted. Okay, that's up from one point four million votes four years ago, and in both of those states, it didn't go to Sanders; it went to Biden. Okay, so Bernie was the one who say I can bring out more voters. He's not the one bringing out more voters. It's actually Biden. Okay, no, you- the, Sanders. Wait, wait, wait. Just wait yeah. for wait for the stats. Sure. Wait for the stats. Okay, he that in two thousand sixteen he won thirty three percent. Remember, this is in a two way race. Thirty three percent in Texas, and this year he only got. Thir- Um, uh, and, and 30%. Okay. He got less, a lot more votes, a lot more votes, 800,000 more votes in Texas. He got three percentage points less. Okay. In Virginia, he got 12 percentage points less and it was almost double the amount of votes. So Bernie Sanders actually is not attracting the votes that he says he is. So if you're a democrat and you're looking at Bernie Sanders and you're saying, well, you know, I should he he should be the savior of the democratic an, party. One second. It's it's There's not another tr- issue. it's it, I'm saying but I'm just saying the theory. There are a lot of issues. It, it, I'm not I'm not baking everything into one thing. No, that's definitely thing. a big okay? deal. But, but I want to come to a different point. But the Ber- numbers the numbers themselves do not bear out the theory that the progressives Bernie, and the left have One second.
1: Bernie Sanders made a mistake. Bernie Sanders made Bernie Sanders made a very big mistake. And it wasn't just about the higher turnouts and Joe Biden. It's a separate issue. After Bernie Sanders won in Nevada, he went out of his way to run against the establishment of Democrats. <laughs> right. Fidel Castro. It's let, not Fidel Castro. Let, let me it do was, I'm
0: going to be the frontrunner and no, no, I'm no, going to no, no, embrace no, 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 communism.
1: You can't win a primary running against the establishment leadership of the party. Why? Wow, Donald Trump did it? He didn't do it like that. He, what no, did he Donald do? Donald Trump walked the line. Donald Trump had institutional support from prominent people who were not considered fringe elements in the Republican Party.
0: Only Je- Jeff Sessions was the one. It wasn't
1: just Jeff Sessions. It was Rudy Giuliani. It no, was Chris not, Christie. Not, not it Chris was Christie,
0: Chris Christie endorsed him well into the. No, after season. Chris
1: Christie dropped out after New Hampshire. That's when he endorsed him, it right a, away. That was into right. That was into but the primary you, season. You had establishment people getting behind Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders wins essentially three states, and the establishment is not coming around him. So instead of trying to bring the establishment, which by the way he's trying to do now, if you haven't noticed, I
0: did it. I saw the Obama.
1: Instead, he over he over he overestimated his gamble whereas he could have cut his losses and he could have been a little more conservative and he could have tried to bring an establishment people around him. Instead, he went all in that everybody hates the establishment of the Democratic Party and then there was a fight back. I saw when I worked on the governor's race in New York with with, Carl, with, with Andrew Cuomo versus Carl McCall. Everybody in, our smart people said that Cuomo's got it, Cuomo's got it. He's fighting the establishment, the old corruption in Albany. He's coming, he's going to fix it. And I remember saying you can't, I mean, not me, just other people said, but wait a second. Carl McCall has all the institutional support. He has all the most prominent labor unions. He has all the most prominent political figures in the state. And at some point, the, the, the establishment fights back. And Bernie Sanders was a threat to the establishment. Had he not threatened the establishment, forget Medicare for all. Just a general tone of "I'm going to get you." It's then not- I don't really know if there would have been the same outpouring of support on state level. Everybody's like, he ended up advertising. He didn't. But every You're, state party you- level in the country was fighting now to get that vote out for Joe Biden to stop Bernie Sanders from a takeover of the Democratic.
0: Agreed. Party. And the Fidel Castro, and he overplayed and it. Fidel he wouldn't Castro have done that. Thing, he probably could have pulled it and off. And the Fidel Castro thing is not just a Fidel r- Castro's disaster. Is not not just a little thing, but the media has to acknowledge you, that Obama said the same crap. You have you have essentially said, I'm not going to Florida. <laughs> and it, it's just ridiculous. It's not just and, then it, and then he says and then he says on top and then he says on top of that, that he's only going to pick a running mate who's also for Medicare for all, which is that doesn't leave a lot of people. Um, you know, it's it's I mean, it, look, it, he just decided he made a decision. I don't know. I don't know. You, you know, you, Instead of capitalizing on where he where he was, and as you said, pivoting, I'm not saying he had to be a centrist. I'm not saying he had to change who he is. He had to go ahead and doing that, but he somehow got into his head that if I just continue what I'm doing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, you know, I'm gonna no, be, it, I'm gonna. It wasn't
1: just that; it was this mentality. He, Bernie he's Sanders. A bomb.
0: Bernie Sanders, this is the, this is the point I want to make. Bernie Sanders is not a member of the Democratic Party. Correct. He has been a bomb thrower Correct. his entire career. And he was not about to change he's that for anyone. He's trying to
1: take over a house. And while he's taking it over, he's trying to burn it down. So at some point, the people in the house are like, hey, wait a second. We don't want you. Now, if he had come to the house and not tried to burn it down and take it over, I have a feeling he'd be the nominee. I, but I, he made the decision that he did not want to consolidate support of the establishment of the party because it hurted his brand.
0: Right. He wants to do it his way. Because
1: he has too many people who are think tank-esque lefties it's there. But it's
0: amazing, it's amazing how much it turned around within four forty eight hours. Uh it's not that amazing. It, it, well, it's amazing, it's but amazing. it's not that surprising. It's it's In amazing. retrospect, it's not that surprising. Thirty seconds or less, proofs as we close, what? Mike Bloomberg's campaign. Did it help Joe Biden? Will it help Joe Biden? Where do you, what do you see?
1: What do I see? I see that Kevin Sheiki is a crook. And a fraud. And, the pe- and Doug Schoen, <laughs> okay, if they're listening now, to, are crooks and frauds that was not, that to was convince him to convince Mayor Bloomberg to spend that much that of his money on a fruitless campaign that has never worked in the history that of the That was States.
0: not the question that I asked. That's okay. the answer. Okay, but I do think... So if they're going to continue running do, it, do, the only people who are going to win are going to be Kevin Cheeky okay. and Doug Schoen. I do think that Mayor Bloomberg being in the race actually... Probably served a very useful purpose for uh, Joe Biden. It Maybe you could tell himself it that after took, the five hundred million dollars he spent, it took some of the incoming fire, and I think that it also led people to think that they actually wanted a moderate it's voice. Political they just did not want Mike Bloomberg. So uh, that's it for spin class here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, we will see you next week with more political uh, discussion and speech. Stay tuned for "You in the City Speaks" with Allison Josephs.